It's time for Hawk Central. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. Off and running with Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO. Chad Leistico in studio. We'll hook up with Mark Emmert on the phone line. Chad, thanks for coming in, man. How you doing, buddy? Good. Quick show. Let's go. It is going to be a quick one. You've set up another fun one for us. We're going to have Thomas Gilman joining us at 6.30. So here in about a half hour from right now, Thomas Gilman will jump on the phone with us. Should we have the bleep? button ready that's why sean's in studio in there so that uh that he can he can get on that you got just in case seven seconds sean so he can only get out two or three of those in seven seconds mark emmert how are you sir thanks for giving us time man i'm doing well i didn't know we had a bleep button oh yeah yeah there's a we have a a dump button in there i'll explain that to you when we have more we have a hang up on mark button it's there's a lot of of good buttons hit that several times yeah (laughs) spring football is underway and you guys we joke a lot about how this is a huge passion of mine so i'm just going to kind of step aside step aside on this and i'm gonna let you guys tell me uh you know exactly what's going on now chad not exactly closed practice but you when you say you got a glimpse today of, of what was going on, what can you explain to us what happened? Oh yeah, uh, so we each spring sometimes they'll let us see a little bit of practice. Um, a lot of times, well, most years we get the one at Valley Stadium, which we don't get this year. So um, we got about thirty-five minutes, I would say, today of okay. um, to get to watch practice. Um, I will say we didn't really get to see a lot of informational stuff um, in terms of like who was running with the ones. There was no eleven on eleven or anything like that. But uh, it's always still interesting and fun to just kind of see who's out there, see who maybe catches our eye, right? Um, and it's always worth so, a little bit of discussion. So who caught your eye? Uh, yeah, I'd be interested to hear what Mark says too. But I'm I'm gonna vote uh, Ivory Kelly Martin, the running back. Okay, I'm, he's he's catching a little Lystico hype here. <laughs> a little early spring. Hype. Boy, we know how much this uh, <laughs> Hawk Central hype has helped out guys in the past, right, Mark? <laughs> yeah. Right, Dave Steele. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> who, who? How about you, Mark? Your observation well, from today, or who caught your eye? Speaking of wide receivers, I guess Lamir Smart, Seth Marset, uh has a blazing speed. It can really run. We, yeah, that's. I'm glad to hear that, and we've talked about him a little that, bit. Though, that right? that's. It's. Uh, I, they seem to yeah, trust him a lot I too. Thought he was, actually. Faster yeah. than you thought. Yep. Okay. Any any other thing uh, you guys both mentioned uh, offense? There, it seems I, like defense has a lot of questions. Is nothing popped out to you, Chad? Um, you know, let me mention. Uh, I, I did keep my eye on the quarterbacks a little bit, and um, boy, I, I know, I know it's very very early, and uh, but the Spencer Petrus, the true freshman, yeah. really has a has a really well, s- soft touch on his on his throws. Uh, reminds me of. What I saw at Nate Stanley as a true freshman, so I'm just kind of pocketing that. We probably won't see. We'll see Petrus in the spring game, but I don't think he. I mean, I think in in a perfect world for Iowa, he redshirts this year, yeah, and then retains four years. You know, after Stanley turns back, Manziel <laughs> be your backup throughout the throughout this. Yeah, season. Get yeah, to that? okay. I think so. Mark, that sound right to you? Also, Manziel's yeah. the backup, and then you let Petrus redshirt. You got another year with him at the end of this. Yeah, that okay. makes perfect sense. All right. Uh, the we want to talk about uh, this defense. We're going to talk at some point this summer, Chad. We're hoping to talk to all the assistants again for Coach Ferentz. Yeah, actually, I, I reached out about that today, and um, obviously, I have to get the okay from the head coach. But okay. uh, it's got some momentum to to happen again. So you, you're going to get access to a couple of defensive coaches before we go on the air again, though, right? Well, we did this. Week. Oh, you did this week. I'm yeah, sorry, we did I thought this that week, made so we're ready going, to roll. Oh, terrific! Yeah, well, yeah. what did we learn from Reese Morgan and Seth Wallace? 
Uh, you know what? Let's start with uh, Seth Wallace, which was kind of Mark's department yesterday. Uh, I think that's – don't you guys think that's Abs- the most – Absolutely. Maybe that's, the most interesting yeah. position in the whole team? 100%. Um, yeah. Mark, I'm not what, sure there's a maybe. What? <laughs> well, tight ends are always right up there no matter what. <laughs> when, when Mark's in the room. <laughs> Mark, uh, what, what, was, what, was, what stuck out to you from linebackers coach well, Seth Wallace? It's just I think still that they're really, really uh, uncertain about who's going to play where, and, and uh, I think the thing that really caught my attention was when he said that they might rotate guys in and out mm-hmm. of the game the way they do with the defensive line, which would be a huge departure for I, I think yeah, a huge departure for any team. I, I'm sure I've seen many teams do that, you know, but uh, so that means to me that they've really, it's just wide open. He mentioned uh, three different guys competing at middle linebacker, which we thought was going to be Christian Welch, and I still think it might be. Um, so that they're, uh, I mean, we saw, I was at the other day, we, I counted 13 linebackers on the field at that practice today. So they got a lot of guys out there battling. That was one of my takeaways. Those guys are working hard, but there's a lot of opportunity there for somebody to yeah. step in and get some playing time. Man. Well, Mark anointed, um, Christian Welch as the next Josie Jewel in the paper <laughs> this morning, I believe. Right, Mark? Wasn't that what, well, what I read? Sort of, yeah. I kind of I mean, skimmed it. Top of the depth chart. <laughs> I, skimmed, yeah. I saw the headline. <laughs> skimmed it. <laughs> well, it was a long story. No, I read it all. Yeah. I did. I did. But I wanted you yeah, to explain I mean, I what you talked, line. what you yeah, learned. I just think, um, I mean, he he's top of the depth chart. We saw him there on the two line last year when Hockaday got hurt. Um, so I think that's kind of been the plan all along. There, I think they're still waiting for him to kind of seize control of that spot. And, and I think the bigger issue there for him is just all the the mental stuff that has to go into that job, the vocal leadership, the the calling of the formations. Um, that's the stuff I think that's coming a little bit harder to him. What you would expect? He's only been. I mean, he didn't redshirt, so he's only. It's only his third year in this program. Yeah, and uh, uh, I think that's what kept him out the field. Remember last year, the Northwestern game when Jewel missed that one game. Uh, he was the number two uh, middle linebacker at that time on the depth chart, but they opted to go with Ben Neiman instead. And, and one thing Seth Wallace said about Ben Neiman was, he's a guy that, that saw everything. Like he saw the whole field, he saw every position beside his own, and I think that's why he got the nod there that day. But Maybe that's the one thing that's kind of keeping uh, Christian Welch back. But he's a big kid. He's six three. He's all of six three and two thirty eight. Yeah, I was. Um, he's, he's got great size, and uh, they they say he's also very very fast too. So I talked to his high school coach, and it sounds like the, the trajectory he's on here is very similar to what he was in high school. He started as a freshman, as an outside linebacker and running back, moved to the inside, and of course by the end of this, I mean that's to expect at a small school. He was by far the best player they had. Uh, at that time, so that was uh, that was a pretty impressive uh, run for him at, at high school too, as coach said. And that's what got uh, Seth Wallace's attention. They heard about him up in this little town in, in the middle of Wisconsin, and they drove up there to see him in a blizzard one time. Uh, him and Phil Parker, and they liked what they saw. And he was uh, Iowa was our only his only Power Five offer. So he's uh, he's here now. I think he is the plan, as long as he doesn't uh, you know, do anything to drop the ball, so to speak. I think it's going to be his to. You run with for a little while. Chad, it does seem like sometimes we get these great recruiting stories behind yeah. these Hawkeyes that end up making a, making a larger impact than we thought. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to see. This, I just, I, I do think it's going to keep playing out, though. Um, I, no question about yeah. it. And I wouldn't be shocked if I mean, Wallace even said, I mean, the, the three guys battling for middle linebacker, they could move those guys all over the place. So uh, we may see, you know, we may see Jack Hockaday or Amani Jones at that starting weak side linebacker. Um, but I will say, since this is the time of year uh, where we can read a lot into a little, um, Christian Welch was the only well, linebacker. What we have to do, honestly. I was mean, the only linebacker they uh, uh, presented for interviews, which this was the first time we interviewed players since the season um, ended. <laughs> so yeah. um, we basically got the kind of the stars of the team, you know, Stanley, Fant, 
you know, a veteran offensive lineman, veteran defensive lineman, and then you Christian Welch. So that mm. that lent, that that tells me that the yeah. the coaches respect him and and feel good about him yeah. uh, as a He's face of, well face of the program if, or whatever. So it, it's totally unfair to do it, but if I asked each of you to kind of give us a name that you expected for weak side and outside, would you both be willing to do that, or is it yeah. too early? Oh, I'm ready. Sure. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> but what, so how do you think it shakes out then, Jan? Oh, how about I start outside? I'm gonna. I, I feel really. I'm getting a good vibe about Nick Neiman here. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, when I walked into the building uh, yesterday, um, I got there quite early, actually, and uh, so I was one of the first ones in. And ne- uh, I could have sworn Ben Neiman was walking out of the building, but I looked at him a little closer, and it, I could tell it wasn't Ben, but it was clear it was obviously Nick, his brother. He, they look very, very similar. Now I've never talked to Nick, and he wasn't part of the interview cluster yesterday but um he's bigger and supposedly he's faster than ben um so i think if he can get that i'm sure he's i mean he's the son of a coach i just think he's got a lot of inherent advantages here Completely at that right. outside linebacker spot mark i'll let you pick weak, weak side then i'll correct your pick <laughs> ah, i'm actually gonna go amani jones there i mm. think uh i think he's on the rise i think they really like him and i no disrespect to aaron mans but he's had many years to win that spot and for whatever reason hasn't done so yet so He's on the one line now, I think, because he's a senior. I think that's part of it. But uh, I do think uh, when I'm hearing Amani Jones, a really, really special athlete, and I think he's going to get it done this year and get that job. Well, I got my one Aaron Men's question in for the spring, so I, I feel semi-accomplished. Are you going to correct him on Amani Jones as the well, side linebacker? You know, I, I kind of I, – I just think this one's going to play out. I think this is going to be the most interesting one. I, I, I would say – Welch and Neiman, to me, have the inside track at those two positions we just mentioned, and I think this weak side linebacker, just like it has actually the last several years. I mean, you go back to when Menz lost his job to Bo Bauer, and you go back before that when Bauer lost his job to Cole Fisher. This is a position that uh, sometimes goes down to the wire in August. So um, I like the Jones pick. I saw uh, Aaron Menz a little bit today, and um, he got just absolutely blown up by Hilaric Jackson. (laughs) I mean, just demolished, or to the point where he was just driven out of bounds. That that I had to actually get out of his way. Uh, Scott Doctorman, another reporter, actually didn't get out of the way in time. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. So Did you get video of that. He had video of it. Yeah, he had his own video of it. So, um, so men's men's had a tough day um, in the little bit we saw. So I we can project that the whole spring and just say he had a terrible spring. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, yeah. Mark, would you agree with Chad's pick on weak side, by the way, before we move on? I don't think I picked. I, yeah, I do, oh, do you, I, I'm sorry. I do. I like, are you talking about outside? Oh, outside. outside yeah. Outside. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do. I, you give me a bigger, faster Neiman. That's uh that's a hell of a statement. I think So yeah. I absolutely think that that's a, a good spot for him and that he's going to win that. And he could be a three-year starter if he earns the job. Right. But yep. there has yep. been talk about moving Gervas or Snyder to that position. And I don't know. What do you think? Wallace kind of maybe tamped that down just a bit yesterday, I thought. Yeah, he was kind of dancing around that. Maybe situationally they might do something. But yeah. that's just a nickel because then at that point. So I yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, Snyder obviously isn't practicing yet uh, from that knee injury. I think uh, if, if he even shows them what they want and what, what they want to see, and I think he can, then, then that will erase that whole conversation. Yeah, right. 
Listening to Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO. Give us a call, 284-5966. We're going to be live for another half hour here on KXNO, leading you right up to Iowa Wild Hockey tonight. About 15 minutes from right now, we're going to hook up with Thomas Gilman. He's uh, going to give us a call. We'll kind of bounce some things off of him. He's usually a fun guy to talk to, so uh, expect some color in that interview. Chad, you did a piece about defensive line, which I think is another one. We don't have as many concerned question marks as we do with linebacker, but there is some question mark there about how that defensive line is going to look. And I think you're the one that brought up, you you couple those things together, and you do create a bit of a soft spot in the middle of this defense. So you really tried to dive into that defensive line. Yeah. Um, let's start at the defensive end. I think okay. that's, that's one of the, maybe the strength of the team, one of the strengths of the team, right alongside tight ends, I would say, um, in all honesty. Um, talked to Parker Hesse for a while yesterday, and uh, they're pretty, they're determined to kind of up their sack numbers. I actually looked at their sack numbers over the last 10 years. Um, the highest they've had was 30 sacks, and that was in a 14-game schedule in 2015. They've been right in that high 20s area, which is like middle of the pack nationally. Now, this isn't a you know major blitzing team, but I think this is this might be the best collection of defensive ends that we've seen Iowa have in a real long time. Um, Anthony Nelson was fantastic last year, and uh, what I wrote about was just you know how good could AJ Epinesa be this year, and uh, I think he's Hesse even agreed. I mean, I think Reese Morgan, um, you know, reading between the lines, agreed that this is a guy obviously with enormous upside and i mean he could be the type of guy that takes these sack numbers up um you know if they could get close to 40 sacks this year that would be a huge huge difference making season and i think they have that potential 40 sacks seem a little high to you mark i i I just don't i'm not sure that well yeah yeah i mean obviously it depends upon 29 last year by fumbles yeah but uh they were saying the same thing last year that's what kind of gives me a little pause Mm mm-hmm you know, with another another year up in S in the system, I mean, he would have to take a big step forward, and he's certainly capable of doing that. And, and you know, Brinks came on last year and looked a little bit better by the end of the year. So those four guys, you know, I, I'm hesitant to – to because I was the one hyping it last year that they could be the best defensive end tandem that they had or whatever, quartet, yeah. that was before they moved Matt Nelson inside. But, uh, so, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, but I do think they have that potential. I think there's no question about that. Yeah, all four are back. So I mean, mm-hmm. you know that uh, yep. they seemed pretty. You know, yeah, it, it's my turn to do the defensive end hype this year. So, <laughs> uh, I'm hyping the punters. You got. The <laughs> oh, I can't wait to talk about that. Chad, a big part of that defensive end success is going to be determined by how good the defensive tackles are. Yeah. So yeah. what? So give us that. You know, the second uh, layer of this. Well, that's obviously that's where there's a little more trepidation. Right. Um, they did a little bit of news there. They have moved. At least for the spring, moved Chauncey Golston, who is I've always liked um, the little bits I've seen of him. Um, sounds like he had a really good December and a really good winter. They've moved him inside now to defensive tackle. He's he's again not a huge guy, six five, two sixty five, but uh, they're trying to get some more, I think, uh, pass rushing ability from the inside. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's inside. Uh, Cedric Lattimore. I mean, just from. He's probably the one guy that needs to take a big jump, right. um, kind of like a Jaleel Johnson type of jump or a Louis Trinkapassad or Carl Davis type of jump. A lot of times those defensive tackles can make a jump sophomore to junior. So he's the kind of, the I would think, the main guy to watch. He's the one guy that has size in there that can eat up some space. Mark, I know you've been concerned about this defensive tackle position also. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. 
Chad lays it out there pretty good. It's not exactly a uh, a great picture, yeah. but there are some options there, and I think he's right. Lattimore is the guy that you have to expect the biggest jump from. Yeah, and Matt Nelson, when he comes back, if he yeah. comes back 100% healthy, will be a huge addition. I think one thing we should point out, too, is that uh, Reese Morgan did say that they're not planning on moving Epinesa inside at all. They want to keep him at the end spot mm-hmm. for this year. So if there was any thought of that, you can stop thinking about that. It's not going to happen. Out of my mind. Yep. Two eight four five nine six six. If you'd like to jump into our conversation, we'd like to talk a little bit about uh, a little more about pro day and kind of wrap up what these guys saw on Monday. But Steve wants to talk a bit about one of the surprise guests at pro day. Maybe not a surprise guest. Steve, thanks for giving us a call here on Hawk Central. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing well. What do you want to share with us? Well, I just I just started listening. So if you already talked about it, I apologize. But Ahmad Wagner have not talked about, about him tonight. No, not tonight. Well, I know in the past, wide receivers have had trouble at Iowa. It seems like the ones that passed the eye test because of this difficult, quote-unquote, scheme we have and their inability to block. But is there a chance that, A, he'll play at Iowa, and, B, is it that hard just to line him up wide and just throw it up in the air? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. The, to answer your question there at the end, yeah, it's not that easy. It's not as easy as just putting a six-seven dude on the end and having a quarterback that puts it up in the air. Or every team would do that. I mean, there's yeah. there are six-seven guys out there in the world. I don't know very many, but they do exist. <laughs> I would so, say to answer his question, there's, I think there is a, a chance he plays for the Hawkeyes. No news there yet. Okay. Um, we'll keep following that story for sure. And uh, even just after, I would say even just after witnessing just a portion of a practice you, you can you can see how refined this receipt uh, the receiver position alone is which is you know Kirk Ferentz says is about the easiest position to pick up as a true freshman or a newcomer but even then they're I mean they're talking about shoulders timing all this stuff and they have to know like how to read the safeties and know when to you know duck inside or or take him outside or over the top and there's a lot that goes into it but you're right I mean who knows? Maybe he could be a red zone target or something if he played. I don't know. Two eight four. Mark, you agree with that? You think that there's a chance that we see Ahmad Wagner around the football facility? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think so. Yep. All right. You sound a little. Chad sounded a little more optimistic. I'm going to go with Chad on this one. Okay. I like his <laughs> like the sunshine in his voice a little more than yours, Mark. <laughs> Troy, thanks for calling us here on Hawk Central. How are you, sir? Great. Uh, that. That is intriguing. The idea of Fant on one side and Wagner on the other, probably the tallest tandem since Mike Flagg and Marvin Cook. <laughs> um, that that caption of Bob Stoops was kind of funny, or the picture that I saw online, because there was a somebody standing right in front of him who missed meeting him because they were on their phone. I don't know if you saw that. Either. <laughs> I saw him walk right through yesterday. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Um, yeah. with, the, with the catch rule change in the NFL, I, I know that the college rule seems similar to that. Was there any discussion about that rule? That, that, that seemed to be a process of the catch thing that bothered people on the college level. Did you guys hear anything about that? Let's ask the NCAA president. We have him <laughs> live in Iowa City. <laughs> I, I have not, but uh, obviously <laughs> a lot of these you know, rule changes do trickle down. Um, I, I really thought that the the bigger problem wasn't the NFL last year. I don't recall as many catch controversies in college football last year. The NFL just seemed to have one every game. Yeah. But uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's uh, on the table at some point that they 
know, if, if anybody can clarify what it is and, and get a good rule, then I think every level would look at the same rule and gladly embrace it just to avoid the all the talk about it because it was not a good look last year. Any, any developments on Drew Cook, too? Thank you, guys. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Troy. You bet, buddy. Yeah, Drew yeah. Cook. I don't uh, have, haven't have he heard his name right. yet this spring. Have not heard his yeah. name this spring. Yeah, I'm sure he was there. I saw, I saw there was a lot of tight ends, as we know. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know if he's standing out. That's a, that's a, tough, uh, that's a tough group to crack. I mean, they have some really good players there already. So he's, he's going to have his hands cut full to try to get playing time, I think. Yeah, Troy, we'll we'll get to talk to every assistant this spring at some point, and we'll we'll definitely ask uh, the new tight ends coach Brian Ferentz about Drew Cook at some point. Mm-hmm. Pro day was Monday. Uh, what was your big takeaway from pro day, Chad? Uh, I thought uh, the linebacker Iowa linebackers. Um, yeah, Bo Bowers not slow. He's not slow. He's ran a four five seven. He's wow. way faster than Josie Jewell. Wow. <laughs> I thought that was a, a a nice little takeaway, and Ben Neiman I think did himself some favors with a four six zero. Josh Jackson increased his forty time just a little bit. Now you get a little bit of hometown home cooking, I think, on your pro day, but you're also more comfortable, etc. Um, I think uh, I think uh, Josh Jackson and uh, James Daniels are going to be. It's going to be fun to watch the NFL draft in the first round because those guys might get their names called. Iowa hasn't had two first-rounders since 1997. Mark, which one of them gets drafted first? I still think James Daniels. Okay. Yeah, he's really uh, got a lot of buzz about him. I'll go Jackson. Oh. I think I think Jackson has done enough now to – because I think he's the number two cornerback, and you got to have cornerbacks. Yeah, in two or three, yep, yep. Yeah, I just don't see teams waiting on cornerbacks. I think they can wait on guards, centers. Mark, do you want to stick around and chat with Thomas Gilman with us, or uh, or do you want us to cut you loose? I, I don't think I'm allowed to talk. Yeah, about Chad and I are both going to geek out with yeah. this, so it'd probably just yeah. be a waste yeah. of time for you, man. I'll just be honest. <laughs> I'll, with you. I'll hang up and listen. Big fan, though. Appreciate it, Mark. First time, first time, long first time. time. Yep. <laughs> Mark Emmert uh, from Hawk from the Des Moines Register, helping us out here on Hawk Central. When we get back, Thomas Gilman, world. Champion, well, 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 world silver medalist, silver medal. easy there at yeah. the at fifty-seven kilograms. Yep. Anyway, yep. When kilos. We, when we get back in Thomas, wrestling parlance, Thomas yeah. Gilman going to be joining us here on Hawk Central on fourteen sixty KXNO. It's Hawk Central from the Des Moines Register and fourteen sixty KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central, abbreviated version of the program tonight. The Iowa Wild will take over here in about fourteen minutes from Wells Fargo Arena. We'll throw things down to Joe O'Donnell for the call tonight. Uh, we want to get to oh, they're in Chicago. I'm sorry, not at Wells Fargo Arena here in Des Moines. They are in Chicago for the is it Ice Wolves? Wolves. God, I'm all over the place today. All right, Wolves and Wild coming up here in about fifteen minutes. On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. We will have Thomas Gilman joining us in just a few moments, hopefully from uh, the Hawkeye Wrestling Room, I'm assuming, or somewhere thereabouts. Chad, we did get some uh, other Hawkeye news we haven't had a chance to touch on yet today, and that was the news about Connor McCaffrey. Granted his waiver, is that the right way to phrase this? Yeah, medical hardship waiver. So, yeah, that was not a surprise, but I think uh, just had people asking about when when's it coming what's you know what's the deal there and and yeah Connor McCaffrey gets to redshirt even though he played four games this year good news for the Hawkeyes he has four years remaining so that's a good thing right yeah absolutely we kind of talked with Rob about this yesterday from Hawkeye Nation and you know just kind of trying to figure out um, what that means for that scholarship or you know what this uh, how this affects those scholarships yeah I mean I think he's going to get one of these couple um, and they should go after someone else with the other 
You guys know I'm a big wrestling fan. I, I, I love wrestling. I used to, I spent years producing Takedown Wrestling Radio. My best friend is a wrestling coach. I just, I feel like it's a sport that um, is kind of underappreciated and misunderstood. And I've always felt like one of the reasons for that was because of the style of wrestling that they, that, that we have in Iowa high schools. And you get a chance coming up here soon to see what freestyle wrestling is. What we wrestle in Iowa high schools is called folk style. What you see Iowa and Iowa State wrestle is folk style wrestling. Freestyle wrestling is, in my opinion, a much more exciting brand of wrestling. If you have, if you're even a fringe wrestling fan, you need to pay attention here because coming up is an incredible event. The Freestyle World Cup is next weekend at Carver Hawkeye Arena, and Thomas Gilman joins us now to uh, to talk about this event. Thomas, thanks for giving us time, sir. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Am I out of line and say you tell me you've done all of this stuff? Freestyle wrestling seems like so much more fun as a as an observer of the sport. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I, I think there's a lot more action going on. It's a lot less tactical. Um, there's a lot more just going out there and getting after it. Um, especially with the push out rule, you got to really hold the center on the mat, and and there's really no stalling because you can't can't go to the edge and, and rest to the edge because you're going to give up a point. So. I think it enforces the action, and, and it's a it's, uh, minute less than uh, college folk style, but I feel like there's a lot more going on in those six minutes of wrestling. Is that kind of your main sales pitch? If somebody tells you they're thinking about making the trip next week to Iowa City, tickets are 75 bucks for adults, 50 bucks for kids. You can get single-day tickets for 40 and 25 If they're on the fence, what would you tell them to, to, to get them to make the drive? Get out there. I mean, <laughs> to, to have the best wrestlers, not only in the country, but in the world, coming to Iowa City, Iowa, the heartland of the United States, to wrestle, uh, freestyle wrestling. You know, if you're not familiar with it, it doesn't matter. You'll, you'll pick up quick, you know. Um, look up the rules online, ask somebody, get out there. It doesn't right. matter if you know freestyle, like freestyle or not. If you like wrestling, you like wrestling. Uh, it's pretty easy to, to understand. You hold the center of the mat, you get you get takedowns, you turn the guy over to his back, that's all you need to know. Um, if you're thinking about it, get out there. It's, it's the best wrestling in the world. So we got the best guys in the United States, representing the United States of America, here in Iowa City, home of the Hawkeyes. So, um, yeah, yeah get, buy your ticket. Star-studded lineup for the U.S. for sure. And, uh, I mean, considered the reigning world champion now, right? Because uh uh, from what for what you guys did uh, in Paris, uh, Russia. Uh, some of the other uh, countries coming in, Thomas, are Russia, Cuba, Japan. Um, who am I missing? That's that's uh, got some star power. Uh, Georgia, they'll be in our pool. Mm, boy. Uh, uh, it looks like India is taking the place of Iran. So that they got they got some good guys, especially down the lower weight. Um, well, there, there's eight teams there. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, uh, here, let me throw in my own little pitch. I found this out today. I did not know this. You can actually buy alcohol at this event, too. If you're on the, <laughs> in Gable's Garden from 11 to 2 uh, each day. So, Sold. Uh, you, know, you don't usually get to buy, have, have drinks at Carver Hawkeye Arena and right. watch wrestling, but this is the one time you can. Just throwing that out there. That's a big deal, too. <laughs> Thomas, you have you've wrestled in some pretty incredible uh, atmospheres, man. You you wrestled in the World Championships, World Qualifiers, Carver Duels with Iowa and Iowa State, and uh, NCAA Championships, Grapple on the Gridiron. What's what's the most intense environment you've ever competed in? 
the most intense environment I've been in thus far has been uh, in Iran, actually, in December. We mm. wrestled in, uh, I wrestled for Tight Mercury Wrestling Club in the Clubs Cup there in Tehran. And, and that was, I mean, it was crazy. They, they had a sold-out arena for the finals, and they their fans are they're nuts. I mean, Carver fans, Iowa fans, they're great. My hat's off to them, but these Iranians, they, they show up in mass, and they know how to party. <laughs> <laughs> they had drums. They had the zoos, they had all kinds of instruments, you know, things that maybe aren't even allowed in Carver Hawkeye Arena, and they're chanting and cheering and playing the drums and blaring music. It was, it was insane. Like you kind of feed off that, though, don't you? You kind of, you kind of feed off the, you know, anti-U.S. <laughs> or whatever, anti-Hawkeye uh, sentiments. Yeah. You just got to embrace it, you know. You can't let it get to you necessarily. You know, you use it for your your own bands, you know, pretend they're cheering for you or yeah, there you go. What, whatever, however you like it. You just got to embrace it and it is what it is. So Thomas, uh, back at the NCAA championships a year ago, I remember talking to you about this between sessions. Um, you're, you're a big reader and I wanted to follow up on that. Uh, you're, back then you were reading like, I think military and war books maybe, um, between sessions. Is that, uh, now that you're professional, um, is that something you've continued? And, and maybe what's uh, what's the, some of the latest stuff you're reading? Yeah, it's definitely continued. Um, that's how I pass a lot of my time, if you want to say passing my time, mm-hmm. uh, is reading. You know, I, I really have picked it up in the last couple of years. And right now I'm reading a book. It's called uh, The Silk Road. And it just kind of goes through different stages of history from, you know, antiquity all the way through the present day and different trade routes and how that affected uh, politics and and relations between different civilizations and cultures, and it's pretty interesting. It's, it's eye-opening, to say the least. Thomas, can you take us inside the room for just a minute, man, because as a Hawkeye wrestling fan, it feels like there's some momentum all of a sudden. There, 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 there's like a rejuvenated energy, it feels like, as I'm sitting in Des Moines. Is that, do you feel that within the room? We're making too much of this. No, I mean, I don't think we're making enough of it. I think there's there's good energy coming in in the room, uh, especially these young guys coming in. It's um, we've been working on it for the last couple of years, and and now it's kind of we're kind of getting rid of the the old um, guard, if you want to say, and, and bringing in the new guard. And, and these guys, you know, they got they're young, they're they're excited, they got good energy, they're they're competitive, and they just want to get better. at the of wrestling and they want to better not only themselves but each other and i think that's the biggest thing is is maybe in the past everyone's maybe looking out for themselves and trying to get themselves ahead but you know what the only way to get yourself ahead is to get everyone else around you ahead so um i think it's just an unselfish mentality that we got everyone's just trying to make everyone else better and in turn it's making themselves better there's a lot of, a lot of good energy and i don't think we're uh making enough hype out of it Thomas, one last World Cup question before we, uh, we're winding down here. But it uh, looks like uh, your first match, I think, in this tournament, I was told, is, is against the guy from Japan that beat you for the gold medal. Any extra motivation? Any You got some payback planned? Anything going on? Uh, I mean, of course. I mean, it's going to be a highly anticipated match. It's the uh, first round. It's going to be a lot, of, a lot of energy in there and a lot of you know, hype for that first round, but especially a lot of uh, incentive because the the rematch of the finals of the World Championships in Paris. So, obviously, he he, he uh, stuck it to me good there in Paris, but um, 
you know, I've, I've been thinking about that match a lot and not dwelling on it, but learning from it and moving forward. And uh, I've, I think I've improved a lot mentally and just kind of being able to control my emotions better and not letting certain things get to me and, and just being more patient in my wrestling. So uh, I'm looking forward to that match and just seeing uh, seeing how I've improved and, and mm-hmm. showcasing it. Thomas, thanks a lot for giving us some time today. May I greatly appreciate this. We want to get as many people out as we can. April 7th and 8th, get to Carver-Hawkeye Arena. It is the Freestyle World Cup, and uh, you'll see a lot of great athletes, including this man, Thomas Gilman. Thanks a lot, Thomas. Thanks, Thomas. Yeah, thanks. You thanks bet, for having me. You, you bet, bet, man. Talk to you soon. See, I didn't even have to use the dump button once, Chad. I'm all nervous. <laughs> Thank all you. Nervous about how, how that was going to play out. That uh, sounds like a focused dude. It's funny, when you asked him about the Yuki Takahashi, the guy yeah, from Japan yeah. he'll face, I think he kind of pseudo-answered the question that I would have, like, a compendium to that. When you're going into a tournament like this, do you focus on that dude? Yeah, right. That one guy, or is there something else you're working on? And I think he he answered it there. Like, there's a little bit of both. You've got that mm-hmm. motivation, but you've got to focus on you, and you've got to work on what you do yeah. great. I think he lost 6 nothing, so it'll be interesting to see in the, in the gold medal match. It'll be interesting to see how he's improved. And this U.S. team is just, lo- I mean, this is who's who of U.S. wrestling. Logan Stieber. Mm-hmm. Jordan Burroughs, Kyle Snyder, David Taylor. I mean, big names um, across the board. So I think it'll be exciting. I, I'm going. I'm covering it. Um, Cody Goodwin will be covering it. Um, should be fun. You, dude, you're going to love it. it. Freestyle wrestling is a ton of fun. Yeah. It, for wrestling fans, it's one of those things when you watch it. I I really did have that moment of like, why isn't everybody doing this? Yeah. Why, isn't all the, why isn't all the wrestling this exciting? Uh, so have fun with that. Coming up next, Joe Donnell. He's in Chicago. He's with the Iowa Wild. Tough game coming up for the Wild. They're still uh, in that battle for those playoff spots. So important games coming up here. They'll start right now in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.